Hello and welcome to Dusty VCR, the podcast where we rewatch movies from our childhood and decide whether they still hold up. I'm joined by my sister, Rachel. Hello. And our friend, Zena. Hey. And I am Michael. Okay, and the first movie we're going to talk about is Multiplicity. Rachel, what, what was your memory of Multiplicity? Uh, I don't really have a specific memory of Multiplicity. I can't remember times when we watched it specifically, but I remember us using certain lines a lot. Like what? Uh, most notably, I want pizza. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember that? So that was the big one that I remember us using a lot. And with that, I have a very, very strong memory of uh, four putting a slice of pizza into his wallet. Right. So those are, those are my two fondest memories right. of multiplicity. And Zena, did you did you have any awareness of multiplicity before you watched it? Uh, no, I had not heard of multiplicity. Okay. Nor had I seen it. Uh-huh. <laughs> like most of the the, the childhood world. movies that you guys watched. Oh, also um, most of the world. <laughs> <laughs> like most of the world, I haven't seen it yet. Right. <laughs> um, so I think just a few weeks ago, you guys were telling me about it, and we watched the trailer. Right. Um, and I thought it looked like a, a whoop-worthy movie, was my first impression. Yeah. A whoop-worthy? Whoop-worthy, yes. Okay, you know, good. it deserved a good whoop-whoop at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Which okay. we did, too. Which we did at the uh-huh. end, yes, yes. That's Actually, that's the only thing we've said about the movie so far. Because, so Zena and I watched the movie together right. with our friend Barrick. And we we had strict instructions to not discuss the movie at all during or after the movie. Wait, who from instructions from who? From you. Oh, from right. you and ourselves. Oh, right. and, our, and ourselves. And our, our, our self discipline. Moral, Your moral compass. <laughs> so, going into it, I, I remembered. Uh, I want some pizza. Um, I had that written down. Um, I remembered the joke about Vista Donata. So I remember. Uh-huh. Like, That's a subtle joke. Yeah, I remember, remember that. I remember it being more explicit. I remember them saying Vista Donata, but they never do. No. And I remember feeling like very proud that our family got that joke. That Oh, if you didn't speak Spanish, if you weren't looking for it, you wouldn't know that Vista Donata means view of nothing. Um, I remember it was like one of the first movies where they did visual effects where they had the same person in like twice. Mm-hmm. And like I remember, I remember like scenes where they would kind of show off that they could do that like Michael Keaton bumping chest with himself when he first mm-hmm. when they first create Into two fives. yeah yeah where it's like they're kind of showing off like look what we can do we can we can do this um, I was worried about whether the jokes would still be okay because so two is fine three in my memory I couldn't remember if he Michael Keaton was playing him effeminate or if he was like a parody of a gay man and right. so I was like, ooh, I really hope this is like as okay as I remember. And then four is somebody who's mentally challenged. And I was like, uh-oh, is that going to be like really weird today? Right. Yeah. So th- those are my thoughts going into it. Do you guys want to? Well, so I wanted to share a couple of quotes from okay. before we watched the okay. movie. We talked about this with, uh, with my roommate, Jeff. And, uh, and, and he knew multiplicity. And so... Uh, when we mentioned to him that that's the movie we were going to watch, he said, I like movies that have a happy ending. I'm not giving anything away. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know why he said that exactly. (laughs) Uh, But I I wondered if you, if 
if when you heard that you had any idea of what that was going to mean. Well, when I watched the trailer, I was thinking like, oh my gosh, like are the clones going to have to kill each other? Like who's <laughs> going to get the wife at the end? So it very possibly could have not had a happy ending. So it was a bit of a spoiler. I was like, oh, I kind of see right. how this is going to work out. Was that comforting to you? Um, yeah, yeah, you could say that. See, so that was basically going to turn into like a battle royale for Andy McDowell. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Who's Andy McDowell? Andy McDowell's the wife. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, so one of my goals uh, during um, watching this movie and for this podcast is to um, become a little more educated on actors' names. Oh, yeah. So I learned who um, Michael Keaton is. Yes. So I got that Important. one. And that there was, was one of my quotes that I was going to share. <laughs> I don't even know who Michael Keaton is <laughs> from Xena. And that was within the context of us talking about the fact that we were going to watch Bugs <laughs> And then, so Barrett gave me a good example. Oh, uh, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice is Michael Keaton. But yeah. he's covered in all the makeup, right. so I didn't, didn't have a sense of right. who Michael Keaton is. So he gave me another example. Batman. Once again, he's wearing a mask. Right. So, <laughs> but now I know. Now yeah. I know. Now you get you get so many faces of Michael Keaton in I this got movie. Many examples. Right. Yes. Right. So going into it, what can we can we just do the reveal? Like, did did you think it held up? I loved it. Oh, me too. <laughs> I was so happy. I thought it was great. Yeah, it was so good. Like all the things, it was just like so satisfying. Like there were so many scenes that were like ridiculous, but. I didn't mind just because they're they're fun. Yeah, I, I I think I, you know, in my memory of it, I thought it was going to be very much like a lot of jokes that were so silly that only like a little kid would really find so funny. Mm-hmm. But they were so silly and well done. Right. So so just like starting from the beginning, we see Michael Keaton. He's very busy. He works. He's like a construction guy. It's like something at a construction company. Yeah. Um, but he's very busy and he works with people that aren't very good, including Eugene Levy, who I was very happy to see. Eugene Levy is the... Vic. Zena knows. Eugene yeah, Levy, Vic. played by Vic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Vic doing a very good a Eugene win Levy. for Zena. <laughs> I was so happy to see Eugene Levy. I like can't remember if I remembered if Eugene Levy was in it. Oh. But yeah, he was great. He only had a, he had a very small part, but it was Eugene Levy as always. Right. Um, and so he's he's very busy. He comes home and things are very busy at his house, and they don't really get into it that much. But you can see that his house like is kind of under construction. Well, they they get into that. Later. In, yeah, in the end. Yeah. But like throughout the movie, you're just seeing his house under construction. Oh, and then, like, they fire somebody else, so he has to take on more work. Mm-hmm. And there's a moment in the movie where, like, he's telling Annie McDowell that he has to take on more work, and she's like, oh, who's going to take on all this extra work? And he says, oh, like, I'll give you a hint, you're sleeping with him. And she says, oh, the video store guy. And it, like, reminded me that we, when we were little, our mom would joke that this toll taker was her secret boyfriend. And, like, <laughs> I... I don't know if it was, I think it was before this movie. And then like when I saw the movie, I was like, oh, other people make jokes about like having a secret boyfriend. And like when I was little, I didn't understand. I thought she just kind of arbitrarily picked this guy. But like looking back, it couldn't have been the same. It was just like anytime we'd go through this toll, my mom would say like, oh, that's that's my secret boyfriend. And like after a while, I was like, wait, is that really her secret? Like (laughs) is something going on? 
because I just like didn't appreciate at the time that like a toll taker is kind of like a, a low status job and like that wouldn't be somebody that would be your secret boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Right, and like you have such brief <laughs> encounters with right. them, like, there's no way that you could ever build a relationship right. on that. I mean, I think this brings up one of the big themes of the movie, which plays on this human fear of what is real, you know? Exactly. What is real? What is really going on? Like, right. you know, are these people in my life, are they real? Uh-huh. Yeah, these objects in front of me. Yeah, this could all be an does, illusion. Like, it know? actually does get into like some kind of weird, dark places. Some sort of existential kind of. Yeah, they don't get. Th- they like kind of sidestep it, but like okay, just moving forward a little bit. They so like he decides to. They're doing a job. Well, so first of all, I like that they're like doing a job. They, Michael Keaton's doing a construction job at a research center while the scientists are just, like, walking by. So right. they're, like, constantly doing all these this construction and, like, water spraying everywhere. And there's scientists, like, five feet away. They're like, oh, you guys aren't doing a very good job. They just like to hang out and watch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the other thing I didn't appreciate as a kid was that the, the place was called Gemini Institute. Oh, Gemini's, like, twins. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, a lot of, like, little subtle, like, signs and stuff in this movie. Uh-huh. And are you so, a Gemini? I am not. I'm oh. a Scorpio. Okay. So, uh, for the record, I'm a Libra and I'm a Capricorn. Okay, good, good that we got that on record. <laughs> and so he, there, he's at this uh, institute, and the scientist sees that Michael Keaton's stressed out and is, is like, "Oh, I can, I can help you. I can make time." And he doesn't know what he's talking about. And then it's finally revealed that this doctor can clone people. And so actually, like within a day, like he's he doesn't even go home and discuss it with his wife. He's just like the doctor tells him. And day of. Day of. He like undergoes like all this like really advanced surgery without discussing with anybody. Um, but well, that's not fine. Surgery. They didn't even go go in there. Yeah, that that was the funny thing too is they like <laughs> knock him out when they really like all they need to do is like take his blood, I think, and maybe scan him. Yeah, they scanned him. I don't know, and then they just, like, pop out a, a new clone. Yeah, they make a new clone, and yeah. so, uh, yeah, he brings home the new clone, and... It's, it's just, like, normal. It's normal. <laughs> he, he, he just so happens to have, like, a spare living quarters above his garage. That his family never goes into. Yeah, that nobody ever, nobody ever looks at. So, I also was thinking, when he goes to get the cloning procedure, like, is he still supposed to be at work? Yeah, nobody seems to notice that he's gone, or... <laughs> But he just, like, abandons the job for the day, and I'm yeah. just like, okay, sure, that's fine. Like, right. Yeah, like, he he just, like, gets cloned, and then the next day, like, they also, like, never really plan anything out in, in ways you would expect. So, like, the clone, who's throughout the movie referred to as two, mm-hmm. uh, he's supposed to, like, take over, help out at, at, the, at Michael Keaton's job. But they never, like, discuss how it's supposed to work. So Michael Keaton, the original Michael Keaton, goes into work the next day. And one of the secretaries is like, aren't you already in that meeting? And so then he realized that, like, the clone went to the meeting already and, like, he's already in there. And I love that scene where Michael Keaton is trying to explain, like, why, what happened. And he's like, oh, I, I spilled coffee on my shirt. So I went out to my, <laughs> went out to my car and changed shirts. But then he realized that, like, he's going to have to explain why the other Michael Keaton's coming out of the meeting. Right. And he can't go in. <laughs> But that's just one of those scenes where, like, it's so silly, but it's so satisfying. Just seeing him, like, try to explain away and, like, Mm -hmm. avoid somebody figuring out that he's a clone. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And the other big scene, like, that was in the restaurant. Oh, yeah. That was, like, the big... That's such a great scene. Oh, I loved it. That's an amazing scene. So Michael Keaton goes with Annie McDowell out to... He, like, takes her out on a date to a restaurant. 
Actually, like, to tell her that she... Oh, that's the other part, is, like, Andy McDowell wants to go back to work. She'd been raising the kids, and that's part of it. Like, after he got a clone, he told her that she could go back to work. And then, because he realized he's, like, spending so much time with the kids, he takes her on this date to a fancy restaurant just to tell her that she can't work anymore. Right, because kind yeah, of weird. after getting burnt out from work and then burnt out from the kids, he realizes that he doesn't want He doesn't want anything. Or kids. <laughs> so he takes her to this restaurant and then realizes that his clone is already at the restaurant. And he has to prevent Annie McDowell from seeing his clone and then the clone also has to prevent his date, Anne Cusack. Anne Cusack, yeah. We didn't mention that yet. Yeah, Anne Cusack is in the movie. <laughs> where did she come from? <laughs> yeah. And where did she go? <laughs> yeah, she's, she's not in it for much. It's kind of a waste of a Cusack. Um, but yeah, so then like they end up I forget how, they end up in the bathroom together, both the, at the restaurant. Oh, I love that. I love yeah. that. And then, wait, yeah, they end up switching dates. And so they're like, they walk out with different jackets. Right, yeah. because the clones date, and, and Cusack is waiting outside the bathroom for Michael Keaton, and the wrong one comes out. The original comes out. Right. And he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to go home with her, but like he kind of has to, and then he has to avoid Annie McDowell seeing them. Uh-huh. So they're like hiding and trying to avoid that. Right. And he tell he tells his wife that, you know, he switched jackets in the bathroom with another man. And men do right. that all the time. Right. That's room. a common it's thing. Like... <laughs> yeah, we just switch jackets. That's, <laughs> we do that all the time. But then, so then they, they, they switch and the clone Michael Keaton has to like distract Annie McDowell, which is original Michael Keaton's wife. And so he just like hardcore makes out with her. Which, like, that's kind of a weird thing, because it's, like, somebody right. else is making out with Andy McDowell. But that's also, like, a, that's one of the, like, heavier things that I feel like they never talk about. So, like, if you're Michael Keaton's clone, they, like, he wakes up and thinks he's yes. the original Michael Keaton. Yeah. So now he, he goes home and, like, sees his wife that he's been married to for, like, and 15 he, years. he has to go into his little little yeah. second house and, and start a new life. He has right. to, like, basically give up everything from his whole life. Right. Which they... Slightly yeah, they get into a little on, bit. They get into a little it's, bit. It's so minimal. Like he pretty quickly adapts the bachelor lifestyle. Right. Yeah. But that that's like part of the joke that like yeah. he can kind of he adopts this person persona of like very like macho work all the time guy. But he very quickly forgets that he like has kids or love them and like throughout <laughs> the movie like never seems to care that much about the kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like he's interested in, in Andy McDowell and that she's attractive. Like later in the movie he's like start by cloning Annie McDowell. Right. But that seems to be as much as, like, he's never really that sad that he can't see his wife anymore. No. Uh, except that he uses that as a line on Anne Cusack, that his wife is sleeping with another man. Yeah. <laughs> well, just going back to when Two wakes up and he thinks that he's the real dog. Right. I was thinking, you know, they could put an M. Night Shyamalan twist on this movie, and right. in the end... Two was one, and one was two, you know? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that was something also that didn't come up with the other clones, is like, once three comes around, he's just, he like, he's just he's ready <laughs> to be three. Right. And he's a totally different guy. Right. <laughs> he's just, like, so ready to be there for his wife and kids, right. who are not his wife and kids. Right. But he's just going to be there like a really nice, like, nanny. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. So it gets to a point where, like, Michael Keaton realized that he's spending so much time on, like, home duties that he has to clone himself again. And he clones himself for, as three. And that's the, that's the clone that's, like, 
the nanny clone. Right. And let me just say, Michael Keaton deserved an Oscar for his, his portrayal of Three. He was so good as Three. Everything Three did, it was amazing. I just like loved everything he said. Like, it's just like, oh my gosh. When he's, he's talking about how like Michael Keaton needs to, he's like, that guy is stressed. And just the way that like... He's just so sweet. He's so sweet. And like the way that, that Two and Three play off each other. Yeah. And they're both Michael Keaton. <laughs> It's great. Yeah, I think what the movie does really well, or I guess I should say what Michael Keaton does really well in the movie, is it's very easy to forget that it's the same guy playing right. all of those roles. And it's it's very easy to forget also that he doesn't have someone to play off of when he's acting in these scenes where it's just him. Right. You know, and I, I was trying to figure out, would they have stand-ins like be in place of one of the clones or how would that work yeah that's i I read how they did it they they would have doubles and so they would just the double would would read his lines and then they would just reshoot it and like splice the two together gotcha but it's it's like kind of fun looking back because like if you were to see that in a movie now movie technology is just like so far beyond like anything we can even really like multiplicity you can kind of like understand what the visual effects were it's like okay like they shot this twice and Mm -hmm. then just like erase this part of the screen. Right. Whereas now with stuff where it's like on green screen, you just really have no idea what's going on at all. Mm-hmm. What is real? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go back to Zena's question of what is real. <laughs> but this, it, like, it was kind of fun where you're like, and I think that is kind of why they're teasing the audience with these things, like when they're like high fiving or like chest bumping, you're like, oh, that's like, that's hard because we don't know how they're doing that. Right. But it's like it's it's close enough that we're we're kind of like we can understand most of it, but we don't understand how they they get to that. Mm-hmm. But did you feel like the visual effects held up? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I thought they were great. I thought they were, but at the beginning, I was like really paying attention to it, and you kind of notice the timing is a little bit off. Huh. Mm. Especially with the the psychiatrist, like so, or not the psychiatrist, the the scientist, right. is the, the the cloning psych- scientist. He's the first clone you see. And so I noticed there, like, the timing felt a little bit off. But then after I stopped really scrutinizing it, I, it was very easy to forget. And, like, mm-hmm. you, you do just kind of fall into, oh, okay, it's just all these people. And then mm-hmm. you, you kind of have to remind yourself that they're all Michael Keaton. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I was surprised how easy it was to just, like, oh, okay, like, just forget that they're doing any kind of effects. Right. Okay, so he, he clones himself. He invents three. Mm-hmm. Then he, like, starts trying to learn to sail. Mm-hmm. And did you remember, like, did you recognize who, so he goes to sail with this guy, Walt. Did mm-hmm. you recognize who Walt's, was that his wife or daughter? I, that, I was disturbed no by idea. that. I was very confused by that. Was he talking about making love with that woman? That... I couldn't tell. <laughs> so it's like, Walt is like, it's Brian Doyle Murray who always looks kind of 60 years old. I don't know how old he actually was. What is his name? Brian Doyle Murray. It's Bill Murray's brother. Okay, okay. Oh. Yeah. And so do you, you don't know who the wife was? I or do. They, oh, okay. Well, wife, whatever she whatever was. Whatever she was. Hopefully daughter. Whatever that woman was. <laughs> Hopefully wife. Hopefully wife. Zena's hoping for wife. On the, on the boat. <laughs> uh, no, I know who she was. Right. But so, I know, I think I knew that in the past or something. I didn't. So it's Julie Bowen from Modern, Modern Family. Modern Family. And so, so watching oh, it. Okay. Do you know who that? The wife in Modern Family? Yeah, the yeah. Phil, Phil Dunphy, Claire Dunphy. Yes. Okay. Yeah. She was like, Phil Dunphy's wife. <laughs> but when I was watching it, I was like, I couldn't make that connection. But I, I, what I did think was, 
Oh, I think it's it's the same actress that was in Happy Gilmore. That's like the love interest in Happy Gilmore. But I was like, no, that was that's Julie Bowen. That's the woman from Modern Family. So it can't be. Oh. But it was. But for some reason, like I couldn't. Con- I just couldn't connect all the way. Yeah, she looks really different in it. Yeah, and so yeah, like he kind of disappears for a while and uh, like is trying to learn to sail. I didn't quite know, I know what was going on there. How long? I don't know how long he was away. Right. I thought it just. So he's away, and they mess up his whole life, right? Right. So he goes... I think he goes Wait, away for a few days. This is after 4 comes along. We haven't mentioned 4. Oh, we haven't mentioned 4. Now. Right. Yeah, so the the clones are realizing that they're, they're too overwhelmed with their duties. And so <laughs> 2 clones himself to get 4, who is... I, they, they, like... He's mentally challenged. Like, they say he's special and... Right. The that, way they put it is like a copy of a copy, a copy is of a not copy. as as sharp as, as the sharp. original. Right. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's like kind of off and like he thinks uh, Michael Keaton, whose character's name is Doug, but Ford thinks his name is Steve and is always like wearing goggles or some kind of crazy outfit. Bye, Steve. Come party. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what did you guys think of Four? Does that hold up? Uh, is that would they would they be able to do that today? I felt like kind of like ooh. I feel like that would not fly today. Yeah, there were certain but it lines. Wasn't, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't terribly offensive. I don't know. Maybe it was, but yeah, it's like they. It it could have been worse. It definitely could have been worse. He, they make him pretty endearing. Right, and they don't. So there were like a couple lines where they. I felt like it was. There was one part when Doug first meets him and says, oh, we need to get a cage. I was like, ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah I shouldn't say that. That's uh, that's probably not a good one. But other times they're just kind of like sort of teasing him and not, I they, don't know, like they call him like Mr. Wizard and they call him right. Rain Man at one point, which They uh, call that's him Rain okay. Man, I think, a couple of times, which okay. I don't think would would go so good in, in today's audience. <laughs> So it's it sort of four almost becomes their child. Right. It's like four, they become caretakers for four. Right, right. There so are really cute scenes of they don't need a family anymore right. because they have their own little family, right. which is them, you know, two, three, and four. Right. Who plays four? <laughs> Michael Keaton. <laughs> Wait, are you really asking? Yeah. That was Michael Keaton. I thought it was a different actor. No. It wasn't. No, it was Michael Keaton. Oh my god. Are you sure? I'm sure. Okay. You really didn't think it was Michael Keaton? No, I really did not. Well, at first I did, but then I was like, no, he looks different. He looks kind of like shorter and like a little scrawnier and like his jaw looks different. I was like, oh, Uh, that's someone else. Well, he just has, he, he does a totally different like body shape and yeah voice. yeah and voice and yeah. facial expression i guess everything. that just speaks to how good michael keaton is in that movie right. <laughs> deserved an oscar <laughs> so then there's the part where original michael keaton leaves and goes on this this sailing trip for like a few days i guess well I think they actually say how long he's been away, and I was trying to listen for it, and then I forgot. Yeah, I thought it was like three days or something. Oh yeah. I thought they. I thought he said a day. Well, everything goes haywire in pretty much just one day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh I, no, it actually doesn't. I thought maybe he says, 
I leave for one day, and you guys... No, it couldn't have been one day. Too much stuff happens. Well, it's a movie. (laughs) (laughs) He was cloned three times. Wait, is this a movie or real life? (laughs) (laughs) This is a documentary. (laughs) About an experiment that Michael Keaton participated in. But we're actually... Oh, we actually jumped ahead. We we skipped... um, one, actually, like in, in our family, one of the often quoted lines was TTF, Tuck Tuck Fold. Right. So uh, oh, yeah. when two, is, or no, three is showing Anna McDowell how to like properly fold leftovers on aluminum foil, <laughs> he like goes on this whole thing where he's like, can't have air in there, air, air is our enemy. Yeah. And what you want to do is tuck, tuck, fold, <laughs> TTF. So that was a classic line in our family. And when he scrunches her hair right. to, to fix it. Yeah, that's it, it is interesting the way they the way they portray three because it does seem like he's kind of playing somewhat of a stereotypical gay man. Right. But he's very into the sex with Andy McDowell. Right. So And when they're they're having that party like two brings home the girls from the like convenience store. Right. Three is like watching them dance and seems like into it. He's yeah. He seems kinda into it. I mean, it seems that I think could be That yeah, that's that's not necessarily that's not, like, that's not an indicator necessarily right. of of his sexuality, right. but more so when he sleeps with Andy McDowell. Right. So let, let's get to that. Like he enjoys that. <laughs> so, so yeah, Michael Keaton goes away, and then they like change the plant. So usually, like original Michael Keaton is the only one that gets to sleep in bed with Andy McDowell, but because he's original Michael Keaton's going to be gone, he has three stay like in his house night and day, and so obviously that that's going to create problems with Andy McDowell. So like. To avoid them, like, Annie McDowell sleeping with him, he says that... He's got a sore and a fever. Right. <laughs> he has to pretend that he has, like, a bronchial infection. And so he does, but then Annie McDowell, like, pops up with sexy lingerie. But, like, PG-13 sexy lingerie. Yeah. Sexy uh, lingerie dress. Sexy lingerie dress. <laughs> yeah. And then she gets in bed with three, and this is a thing that I did not remember when I was a kid. It's pretty, like... She's giving him a hand job. Uh-huh. I didn't notice that when I was a kid. I thought she's just like rubbing him. I like, I didn't like understand what was his happening. Chest or something. <laughs> yeah, like... it's just like oh, she's like rubbing his body in a general way. Right. Yeah, it was very obvious in the movie. What right. Was going I didn't on. understand right. that. And then the other thing that I thought was funny about that scene is the book falls and they like do a close up on the book and it's the Celestine prophecy. And I remember as a kid, our parents being like, "Oh my god, it's the Celestine prophecy. That's so funny." And me not really understanding why that was funny. And as an adult, I'm like, oh, I'm an adult now. Like, now I'm going to get why this is funny. I'm like, oh, wait, I still don't understand. Like, did you guys? No, I don't know. Yeah, no. I, and then I even looked up the book. It's like a book about New Age wisdom. And even after looking it up, I still don't understand why that's funny. You should probably phone, phone a friend and you call should, mom we should and call mom. <laughs> find out why that's funny. I think, I think it's, it would be sort of like today if he was reading The Secret. That's my best guess. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like not a book that you would expect the husband of a uh, wife and husband to be reading. I see. Okay. So you're that saying spirituality and, and uh, <laughs> new age wisdom is for ladies only. Well, for not for the construction <laughs> husband. <laughs> and so, yeah, then, then that happens. And then two sneaks into the house. 
and then Annie McDowell. So Annie McDowell, because he's hungry. Annie McDowell goes because down. Because four ate every <laughs> box of cereal and put them and all, all the bologna. Put them all back on the shelf. Right. Right. And so then Annie McDowell. What is Annie McDowell making? She's eating graham, graham? crackers and chocolate milk and chocolate milk. That yeah. doesn't seem like that appetizing. Is that something people eat? Uh, it doesn't seem <laughs> I that don't appetizing. Think people do that. It sounds. It made me want to eat it. Oh, it she makes it look good. She does make it look good. <laughs> she wears graham crackers really well. Yeah. So then she goes downstairs and she runs into two. And then who initiates that? She's just like really excited again and wants to have sex with two. Yes. And he's yeah. he's also trying to have sex, mainly trying to eat. Right. He like does try to avoid her a little bit. Yeah, then, for like a second. Right. And then yeah, and then they have sex on the couch. Which again, that's his old wife. Right, yeah, like, but he's he's kind of approaching her as if she's just like a new woman. Uh, it's like he's of, approaching it as if like of. he's sleeping with somebody else's wife. Well, right, he he's he def- definitely doesn't seem really you know like longing for his old wife. Right, it wasn't it, they, it didn't feel like a reunion of like oh finally I have this woman I've been missing for a long time. Right, which I don't I have no idea how long this movie takes place over. Right. Yeah. So at least, like probably a few months. That's that was my sense. The yeah. clones exist for a few months. Right. And he does such a good job keeping that secret. Right. <laughs> still even even in the end. Right. She still doesn't know. Right, right, right. But then there's the last sex. Is that in the morning? No, no, that's that's still in the middle of the night. Yeah. Then four, the the mentally challenged clone comes in. Uh-huh. Because he Oh, he gets scared by lightning. Uh-huh. So he comes in, and McDowell sees him. And then, like, brings him to the bathroom and undresses him, and then they end up having sex. Right. And then that was kind of weird because it's like. <laughs> and the other one is in the shower. In the co- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that because he's like trying to prevent Andy McDowell from realizing that he's also like sh- she can't go upstairs and see two yeah. just in bed, and so three is like, sorry for yelling about the. <laughs> oh yeah. It's <laughs> just like yelling to warn two <laughs> or three actually. Right. But then. Andy McDowell brings four into the to the bathroom and undresses him, and then realizes that he seems excited and wants to have sex again. But then there, I'm like, something is off with consent here. Like, four doesn't seem able to like consent to whatever whatever's mm-hmm. happening to him. Uh-huh. Also, they're like fool. Like Andy McDowell is sleeping with people she thinks are not. It'd be like dressing up in a costume and like tricking Andy McDowell into thinking that you're her husband. Like she's sleeping with all these people that she thinks are her husband and. Yeah, there's, there's a are, couple different of. ethical dilemmas going right, on in right. this movie. Yeah, <laughs> Something was off with that. But then, I, I can't even remember now, how does it all fall apart? Oh, because he gets fired. Right. Well, he, uh, he gets fired. Two gets sick. Two gets sick. And he can't go to the... the Inspector. Inspection. Party. The party. <laughs> <laughs> and so two goes. Wait, three goes. Which just seemed like a bad idea. Right, because he's not going to gonna know with. anything that happened, even though and, he... And, yeah. like, what would have happened if the if there were no clones and the real Doug got sick? Uh-huh. Would he have just... Right, it seems like that wasn't a problem that... fired. Right. It's, like, not a problem that was caused by clones. Right. <laughs> Problems caused by clones. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be our next podcast. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so he gets fired, and then he, he like, snaps at Annie McDowell. And then yeah, that... four. Well, Annie McDowell's talking to four, who's in the garage. No, no, no this is before this that. Is, this is before. Uh, two is in the kitchen, and he's all sick. 
and looking for food. Tells her she or got cold medicine fired. or something. And uh, he he tells her that he got fired. Right. And he snaps at her. Oh, okay. And then she gets mad, and then and then oh yeah, then that leads to the conversation with four. Where she comes out to talk to him in the garage. Right. It's four. Right. And he, all, his only response is that he wants pizza. Right. <laughs> she wants to know what, he's what, what he wants what he with want? their relationship and life and. Also, I feel like that was, like, pizza. pretty good acting on Annie McDowell's part, where she, like, has to act against a guy who's just, like, turning his back to her and, like, playing with an airplane. And right. she's giving this very dramatic speech about, like, I have to know your feelings, it scares me, and then I want some pizza. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then Annie McDowell disappears and takes the kids, and original Michael Keaton comes back, and he's upset. So then what was his pl- His plan is... This plan is kind of silly because it's just like, oh, I'll just fix the house and then, then my marriage will be okay. Right. And that sort of works. Uh, they like all the clones get together. It's not like he really learns anything from that. No, I have um, one of my questions for the for for my notes. I wrote, "What's the moral of the story?" And I thought we could we could discuss what each of us thinks the moral of the story might be. Ah, yeah. What What do you guys think the moral was? I think Xena thinks it's what is real. <laughs> the moral is actually a question. The moral is a question the you ask yourself. The moral is you don't really know anything. Right. Uh, I thought there's two different morals that it could be. The first is don't clone yourself. That's a good mm-hmm. lesson. Right. That's... Go to therapy. Don't clone yourself. Go to therapy. Don't right. clone yourself. Or the alternative is... Do clone yourself, have a breakdown, and then put your life together way better after you see how everything fell apart when you had clones. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's that's a good lesson. Yeah. Or you could also be honest. Right. Be honest with the people that you love about yeah. the fact that you have clones. Right. Yeah. Why not just tell Annie McDowell like? Hey, why I got a clone. hide it? Right. Also, why in the movie it's not common knowledge that there are clones. It's <laughs> not common knowledge at all. You even can only that, get them if you meet this doctor. That one doctor, and he has—he seems to have a lab full of clones. Right, right. <laughs> He's nobody, very cavalier about just giving out clones, but nobody, nobody knows else knows. Him. <laughs> yeah, the moral for me is, I guess, just simplicity. Like, just mm. simplify, because that's that's what he ends up, and I guess appreciate your life, because he. Yeah, that's the, the big thing. Like, three at the end tells him, like, oh, you know, you said the thing to me about low-quality time. It's all quality time. That's right. Mm. So, yeah, I think yeah. it's just, like, appreciating that mm. you're, like, getting to spend the time with the people you like. Yeah. Well, I think three really is the one who, who's who got it all together the most. Right, yeah. Three is kind of the master. Always happy, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's really sort of practicing gratitude yeah. and mindfulness. Right. And... He's just present. He's just yeah. there for his family. Right. He's very content to do pretty much anything that he's asked to do. And, yeah. like, enjoy spending time with Annie McDowell and the kids. And, right. And yeah. he really puts his all into into the, the things that he does. Right. So on, on the topic of three, when they're, when they're renovating the house, so he gets all the clones to help him out, like, renovate the house and finish up all the work that was in progress. And what I love is, like, all the clones are all dirty from, like, working on a house. And three is in like he had they're they're each wearing jerseys that he that Michael Keaton made for them with one, two, three, and four. Everybody else's jersey is dirty. Three's jersey is Michael Keaton, but (laughs) Doug Keaton is all of them. Michael Keaton is all of them. The original the original The original Doug. Doug, yeah, one. 
<laughs> Three's jersey is like tucked into his pants. He's like pristine. He's wearing a collared shirt under the jersey. Right. <laughs> he's, he made sandwiches for everybody. <laughs> he's like, I made you these sandwiches. He's like, oh, those are my favorite. He's like, I know. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, really tasty sounding sandwiches too. It was like yeah. not just a tuna sandwich. It was a it curry was like a... chicken salad oh, sandwich, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Fancy. And so then he they finish, they like renovate the house and uh like he goes and begs Andy McDowell. I I enjoyed that cuz he he shows up to Andy McDowell and uh-huh. he's like, "Look, I'm not going to stand out here and be-. he like has kind of a dickish apology." Right. And then all of a sudden he's like gets on his knees like, "Oh my god, please come back." <laughs> I enjoyed that, like, that turn. Yeah. And so he brings her back, and she's very impressed by the house, and then that's pretty much all she needed. She's like, okay, you finished the house, so now we're back together. Mm-hmm. Right. Which, you know, made me think of today's uh, Marie Kondo society would be all about that. Because right. he really just simplified his life, which exactly. is what you were saying, that that's what you need to do right. is simplify your life. Right. And that's what that's what he did. He just got all that work done that he needed to get done, took out all the clutter. Right. Including his clones. Including his clones. Yeah, he gets rid of he sends his clones away. Yeah. He gives them his car. They yeah. where do they go? Venice Beach? They drive off. They go to Florida, right? Oh, yeah, they're going to Florida. I think they go to Miami. Oh, Miami. Yeah, they go to Miami. Yeah, that's another thing they don't really address is, like, uh, how how they just show up in Miami. They have, like, no identification or anything. (laughs) Place to live. (laughs) Or they they all have the exact same identification. Oh, right. (laughs) Because the cloning lab also is good at forging documents. Like, when (laughs) Four shows them a wallet with, like, a duplicate of all of of Doug's cards and IDs. (laughs) So it's like, yeah, we can clone humans. So like, IDs probably aren't aren't a problem for us either. Yeah. But then like, that's the other thing. I remember like our parents growing up, kind of being like, well, how are they paying? Like, it's not like you just get a free person. They're not yes. robots. Yes. Like, you still this have to pay for all these people. And the whole movie. I don't right. remember mom and dad talking about that, but I. But that's uh, what I was thinking the whole time. Is like, it's you're you're having to have the additional cost of these three people right on salary in your your budget Mm -hmm. but they don't cost that much because like they just eat cereal they just eat cereal (laughs) you have a house for them already i guess they'd all be in the same medical insurance because like they're the same guy yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and yeah would i was wondering if they would get the same uh medical conditions well not because one gets sick while the other one and they've been in the same house well i guess like to it, socialize that's more. more like envi- yeah that's kind of like environmental i guess right yeah so i guess they wouldn't and so yeah like at the end he gives away his car andy mcdowell sees all the clones and doesn't really question why a bunch of michael keaton's are, are driving away and what oh, yeah. she, she thinks is her car she thinks she's seeing things right she's well, just she like just thought she she's just, so in love she's so, so in, love. in love right because he fixed her house and everything's perfect now yeah. But I, I remember having, like, I don't remember if I got that from this movie, but I remember as a kid, like, having a crush on somebody and seeing, like, seeing people look like them and being like, oh, I must really, like, because when you're, like, 13, you're like, oh, they be, I want to see that my feelings are really real. Mm-hmm. And I would, like, see somebody that reminds me of them a lot and be like, oh, I'm, like, seeing them, a, I'm just, like, seeing people that remind me of this person a lot, so, like, I must really be in love. Right. But I don't know if I got that from this movie or that was just, like, a thing that people say that was just like in the in the ether at the time because mm-hmm. it's not something I would think of now of like oh like I 
I'm dating this person. Oh, that person kind of looks like them. Oh, I must really like the person I'm dating. <laughs> I mean, I'm usually just walking down the street being like, Rachel, that's you? Oh, oh, Rachel. Hi, Rachel. <laughs> Rachel, I'm over here. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess that is a real thing. <laughs> it's real. It's that, real. It's that, real for us. It's real for us, and that... <laughs> That is the one thing I'm sure of is real in this life. <laughs> so it, it wraps up with he, he decides he's going to like do smaller contracts like birdhouses and mailboxes. I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's going to start out with those things. Yeah, and so they get back to the simple life. Um, anything else we haven't covered? Oh, one thing I want to talk about was the kids. What did you guys think of the kid acting in this movie? I almost don't remember it. That's funny because like one of the notes I had like before I watched it is I have zero memory of the kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like... I remember it like very distinctly Andy McDowell and Michael Keaton. I like I knew that he had kids, but I couldn't remember them doing anything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like they're very forgettable. They like don't act very well. But they have They don't act very well. They don't act very poorly either. They have really bad lines. They like kind of say things that kids don't really say. But they have one line that I think was like a th- I don't know if we ever like quoted this, but I feel like it felt very familiar to me when I re-saw it where like the kids are yelling at each other like "Duty head, you're a duty yes. head." And then the girl goes, duty head! And yeah. just like this, through clenched teeth. I love that. Did we quote that a lot? Yes. Like I, yeah. How? I, I don't know, but we definitely, I think we we would say that to each other. Did we all say it? I don't know. Duty head? Like, I can't remember like ever saying duty head to you. We used to say that all the time when we were kids. <laughs> yeah. I'd just be like, Michael, you're duty head. Back Rachel. So, so we should we should tell our listeners that part of part of the purpose of this podcast is so that Zena can really catch up with the stuff that she missed when me and Michael were kids. Yes. So that she can feel as though, or we can all feel as though we all grew up together and kind right. of just re- just really recreate some memories. Yeah, we just want right. to recreate memories. That's mainly the goal. Um, anything else we didn't cover? Well, so I have a few, I have a couple of questions. Oh, wait. Same. We already did one. One of the questions I wanted to talk about is what you think it would be like to talk to your own clone. Ooh, And also, I guess it doesn't really work out this way in the movie, but in the movie, it's not really like it's parts of himself that, that become the clones. They kind of end up having their own sort of personalities in the end. They're like shades of him, though. They're like shades of him. So I guess I was thinking if you if you had some clones, what would those personalities be like? Oh. What would they end up being like? Oh. Which one should we tackle first? What would they be like? Okay. So for me, I feel like one of them, like if, if I had to get a clone to do my job, he'd be really nerdy, like more nerdy than I am already. So it would be like somebody that just like doesn't talk to people and just like does computer programming all day very isolative yeah yeah no interest in hanging out with people at all right uh-huh which is basically me now right <laughs> kind of <laughs> but way more right uh-huh i don't know I, I don't have another i don't know my other shade that's that's really the only shade of my personality <laughs> yeah okay well maybe we'll do one for each of us and then we'll we'll go around again and do another one okay Zena, what do you think? Um, a shade of my personality, huh? <laughs> um, gosh, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of a tough, tough question. Um, 
Well, do you need, can you answer do you for me one? and I'll answer for you? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so one of Xena's clones would be like maybe living in a in a camper uh, with yeah. like tons of garbage mm, inside. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, like just lots of free stuff. Stuff, stuff not what? not garbage. Not garbage. Stuff. No, treasures. Treasures. <laughs> Lots of Zena's treasures that she'd have all around the house that are, like, just waiting to become something great. Something really great. Uh But mostly Zena is just, like, hanging out in her camper, smoking weed all day, and, you know, maybe, like, watching TV or or something like that, you know? Mm -hmm. Documentaries, Maybe. maybe. Yeah, maybe you're, like, going to, from weed farm to weed farm and just, like, working on these farms and sitting in front of the TV trimming weed. Wow, that sounds like a lot of fun. I should probably hang out with her sometime. (laughs) (laughs) So what would mine be? Yours would be, I'm thinking, like, this very wise, put-together woman who's got tons of insight. If you ever have an interpersonal problem, you can just come to her and she will sit you down with a cup of tea and you'll just talk to your to her about all your life problems and she'll just like sort it all out kind of like the model therapist almost Mm. um wow yeah she sounds really nice yeah i i really need to talk to her sometime (laughs) (laughs) she sounds kind of like three yeah yeah in terms of like very mindful and has good like gratitude practices Uh and is just very calm and centered right yeah 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 Okay. And knows how to TTF. <laughs> She's TTF. She's TTF. <laughs> so, do we want to come up with more clones, or do you want to think about like how would you interact with that clone? Um, I I want to answer that. How would I? I I feel like I would be so annoyed with myself. I feel like I have a personality where like I would not be compatible with me. Mm-hmm. Um, cause when I meet people, like I'm pretty sarcastic, but when I pe- meet people that are also sarcastic, I find it annoying. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I would just be like, ah, who's this guy? Like, why is he doing this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't think you guys would have fun together? I think there's certain things we would have fun doing together. We would enjoy working together. We'd have very similar views on how to do, uh, write good software. Very similar. Very similar software. Would you be jealous of him because he's so smart? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is that a real answer? Do you think you would be jealous of him? Well, I'm assuming, so well, smart? he would probably get a little smarter than I was, right? He'd probably make more money than yeah, you, too. Yeah, he might yeah. get a little, a little smarter. He probably would make more money because all he's doing is staying home and doing right. computer stuff. I don't think I'd be that jealous of somebody who's, like, a little bit smarter than me. Mm-hmm. As long as he's not obnoxious about it. And if he's kind of like me, he's hopefully not that obnoxious about it. Do you get jealous of people who are smarter than you? If they're obnoxious, yeah. Is that why you're jealous of me? Yes. <laughs> if they're obnoxious, you're you're jealous by them? Yeah, if they like if they're very generous with knowing more and like patient with teaching people, then that doesn't bother me at all. Mm-hmm. But if it's the kind of thing where like you can tell they're they're smart and like want to rub it in your face, then that I I don't get along with them. That makes you jealous, or that makes you just hate them? Both. Like, I'm kind of like, wish they weren't smarter than me so that they, like, couldn't rub stuff in my face. Right. Yeah. 
Right. So, Zena, how, how do you think you would get along with Camper Zena? Oh, uh, well, <laughs> we probably have a very similar wardrobe. Um, <laughs> after getting over the initial shock that I'm looking at myself, I think we'd get on fine. Yeah, your, your clone is pretty personable. and. <laughs> Yeah, she really is. I get along with a lot of people. Yeah, actually, both of your clones are like very easy to get along with. <laughs> I have the only yeah, antisocial clone. clone. I don't know. Well, maybe it's because you created your own clone. That's true. From from, you know, you you came up with it. That's true. Maybe if we had come up with a clone for you, it uh, would have been different. Okay. Because when I started thinking to myself of what my clone would be like, I immediately started thinking of the negative. Oh, uh, okay. So, do you have an idea of what your clone would be? I think I, I started thinking of like my my procrastinator side of myself and mm-hmm. thinking like, oh, she would just never get anything done. She would just she'd be... always be on the couch with Camper Zena. <laughs> she'd, she'd basically just be hanging out with Camper Zena on the couch all the time, smoking weed, <laughs> not doing shit, you know, uh, just not not really paying attention to all the stuff that she has to get done. Mm-hmm. How do you think you'd get along with therapist Rachel? <laughs> therapist Rachel? She sounds awesome. I want her to be my therapist. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so I think the, the lesson is just not to do your own cloning. When you let yes. somebody else clone you, the clone uh, ends up uh-huh. much nicer. Uh-huh. And uh, fun to hang out with. So true. Should we get to our listener question? Yes. Uh, so we had we got a ton of listener questions. Um, this this <laughs> podcast is extremely popular, but we had to we had to do just we one. We narrowed it down. We narrowed it down, um, and it comes from our friend Barrick, who asks, uh, "What is your favorite Polly Shore movie and why?" So Zena, do you want to do you want to start? <laughs> First of all, do you know who Polly Shore uh, is? What? <laughs> no. Who is your favorite person that you think is Polly Shore? Are you Polly Shore? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> So Are of you my movies, sure you're Polly? Yes. <laughs> Rachel, what, what is your favorite Polly? We've actually talked about this recently. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't really know at this point. I don't really remember a lot of Polly Shore movies. I recently watched In the Army Now, and that sparked my memory that I, as a child, joy. it sparked joy. <laughs> And my memory that as a child, I definitely had a huge crush on Polly Shore. Really? And that Polly Shore is my dream man. Really? Still? <laughs> Still. What? To this day. And Zena, you should really watch a Polly Shore I'm, movie because you. I'm going to have to study Polly Shore. Love him. 90s Polly Shore is your dream man? Or yes. like present day no, Polly Shore? 90s Polly Shore. How do you feel about present day Polly Shore? I don't know. I don't okay. know. They split up. They split up. <laughs> He's dating therapist Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I guess I remember a little bit of son-in-law. I was thinking that as part of as part of this podcast, I think we should really watch some of the Polly Shore movies. The Polly Shore we, canon. Yeah, the Polly Polly Shore movies that we watched when we were kids. Yeah. But I can't really say if I I mean I I, I have no memory of right. any of that really. What about you? I think my favorite is Son-in-Law, but it's the only one I can really remember. I remember seeing Jury Duty, and I remember it feeling, like, long, and only a couple parts were funny to me. But I also, like, I saw it really young, so I don't know if I got a lot of it. And then I, I think I saw it in the Army now. Oh, and then there's also Encino Man, but I have no memory of that. 
So I think it would be son-in-law. Like I remember, I also remember son-in-law being funny because of both of her parents are programmers, and there's like a part where Polly Shore is supposed to be a computer expert, and he like says something that's totally nonsense, mm-hmm. and our parents thought that was really funny that what he said was so off. Right. So that's a memory. That's a fond memory I have of <laughs> son-in-law. Right. You guys love when people don't know about computer yeah. programming. <laughs> so for for our listeners, they should all know that that our parents are both computer programmers right. and Michael is a computer programmer. Right. So yeah, most of the movies we're gonna watch are, are just movies about computer programming. Yeah, and seeing how accurate <laughs> and they seeing are. How accurate they are. <laughs> so next is hackers and the matrix. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have a lot of notes. Right. <laughs> okay. I think that about wraps it up. Do you guys have anything else you want to add? No, I think we should probably uh, thank our sponsor, Stephen Bear. Stephen Bear of of Luthiers of East Hampton. Luthier's Co-op in East Hampton, Massachusetts, sponsored this this podcast. Proud sponsor. He, he is our one and only sponsor and supporter and listener. And uh, if <laughs> and we're friend. we're looking for other sponsors, um, we currently, I think our only listener is our moms. But if if you if you're an advertiser that wants to advertise directly to our moms, they're in the market for an alpaca farm. So that's like a big ticket item that might mm. be worth uh, sponsoring the podcast. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Or if you are one of our moms and just uh, like kind of want reminders for us to say stuff on the podcast to like remind, oh, you should go pick up milk or something. Uh, yeah. Just send us a hundred dollars or something, and we'll we'll be sure to mention it on the podcast. Hundred dollars, something like that. You yeah, know, just hundred, two hundred, whatever. Join our Patreon at hundred dollars, and we'll mention uh, your to do. We'll read out your to do list on the podcast. Okay, uh, can people find you? Zena, I don't think anybody can find you on the internet. <laughs> no. Nope. Um, you want to just give your home tried, address? I so. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, is there a place people should find you? People should find me? Uh, uh, I don't know. Um, okay, we, we don't know on Facebook. <laughs> We're usually on the couch, so. You, Tinder. <laughs> okay, Cuba. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter. I'm at DeliberateCoder. And uh, the, the website for this podcast is DustyVCR.com. Probably. We haven't registered yet, so... uh, It will be. It will be. And, um, yeah, we'll see what the Twitter for this podcast was. And we'll probably be on Facebook and stuff eventually. All right. So uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Dusty VCR for the first episode. Already our our best episode yet. Yes, I think so. Thanks, Mom. Come party. (laughs) Bye, guys.